You're listening to the second season of The Study Podcast with Dr. Paul Wegner on Genesis. I'm Tyler Sanders, and I'm with Dr. Paul Wegner, and we've had a slight adjustment to the format of this podcast. <laughs> so uh, originally we were thinking we'd just hit like 10 or 12 topics, boom, 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 boom. After last week, we realized we should do follow-up. So this is our first follow-up to last week's episode, um, which was on creation days, right? Yep. So we've got a couple questions prepared, uh, and I'm just going to grill you. Okay. And we're going to see what you've got. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a total surprise. You have some answers prepared. <laughs> but hopefully these are helpful questions. Yeah. These are some things I thought about over the week, and I think this could be helpful. So do you want to give us a little overview maybe of what we, what we hit last week, just a real quick, like yeah. one-minute kind of thing? So here's, here's the different days. Or mm-hmm. how, the, basically, the days in Genesis, people wonder how long were they. Yeah. And so, or and how how are they to be understood? So we've got four different major views. One is a twenty four hour day, which is traditionally understood. The day age would be more when the scientific ideas came about. They tried to somehow fit fit them into creation and try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. The gap theory is another one. There's a gap between Genesis one one and one two that things like the angels fell. The, uh, they argue that at that point the Remember, chapter or verse two says, "And the earth was formless and void." They argue yeah. the earth became formless and void, which okay. is within the meaning of that word, but probably not a real likely possibility. Yeah, um, but that's where those kind of things happen. And then uh, the last view is that they're just a literary structure uh, used basically to give the, the idea of a Sabbath, because mm-hmm. um, later on God's going to need to have that explained, and so He's got a a structure that you can already fit it into. I see. Okay. So, so my first question. Okay. Is it, um, hopefully it's this oh, one. That's it. How did you know? <laughs> uh, let me let me read it out for the listeners. Okay. Does modern cosmology have to fit into creation story? Okay. Um, I wanted to show you a picture. This is the, the Grand Canyon. Um, by looking at that, you could have a variety of ways it happened. Um, like how it was created, yeah. How how we got the green, yeah. So it could yeah. be that it was uh, uh, created like this. It could be that over time this happened just from erosion and everything, mm-hmm. or it could be a flood had created this kind of cavern. Okay. So the question is, all right. By looking at that, God doesn't necessarily tell us how he did it. Yeah. Or, or it, at least not specifically to, the Grand Canyon. Yeah. 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 Um, but there are hints in there. It talks about a biblical flood and those kind of things that uh, that would seem to answer those kind of questions also. So the question is, do I do I rely more on science, who appears in my mind um, to suggest it's more of a uniformitarian approach, where not a flood, but a, uh, over time these things mm-hmm. came, and so they'd take millions of years to do that. Or would a, would a flood be just as likely as that would create this? And so I think at that point, you've got to decide, okay, I've always said that you have to look at both issues. When, when science and, and mm. the Bible contradict, you have to look at both areas. Because remember, the, or the uh, religious people thought that the earth was flat. And, sure. And, you know, so, so if that's true, then, you know, creation is being a round thing you know, uh, a ball would not, would not fit into their understanding. Yeah. So I think you need to look at both things. I think now we know the earth is round and, and things like that, but at one point they didn't. So I think you have to look at the evidence from both views 
and then evaluate them and see which one makes more sense. Yeah. So, so if it's true science, I don't have a problem with it. But if it's theories or ideas on how things came about, I have more problem with that. And I think you have to look at the evidence and see. So yeah. even on evolution, my, I still understand it, that there are certain boundaries that are not crossed. And if they're not crossed or not able to be crossed, then, then if that's true, evolution really wouldn't make sense. And, and I, I understand that from the biblical text where it talks about uh, things are created within their kind. And mm. so if that's true, you know, um, the trees were created according to their kind and stuff and animals within their kind. And if that's true, then there does sound like there's some boundaries that can't be crossed. We, we've got some really good examples in the, in the animal life, I think. Um, there's something called a ligert, which is a, a, a cross between a lion and a tiger. Yeah. And my understanding that those do happen, but then when they happen, they're sterile. They don't mm. reproduce. So if that's true, we're st- it looks like to me there's a boundary there. Or a mule is a cross between a horse and a donkey. Sure, right. And once again, mules are sterile, so mm. cannot reproduce that same kind of animal. So it seems like to me those are places where they're real close to the, mm-hmm. the boundary of what's, what's doable and what isn't. And yeah. so, so if that's true, then, then it seems like we've got some evidence we better evaluate a little stronger and see if it makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it seems like an interesting question to me, I think, to look at historically. Yeah. Because as science develops and progresses, as it's, yeah, that's its nature. I mean, it's searching for a, a answers and more meaning, you know, mm-hmm. um, or a more true meaning. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess that's been kind of a, Maybe a philosophical question in my head is like, how does that, should that change how we interpret mm. scripture? Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, I think it's a complicated, yeah, could be complicated, but I, I like your answer, you know? If we if we knew there were facts and, and, and then we went against the facts, that'd be mm. one thing. Right. But when you're going against theories and stuff like that, that's another in my mind. Yeah. So that's that why I see it as a difference. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Um, I had a verse to show you. Yeah, let's look at it. Um they say, where's the promise of his coming from? So ever since the foundation, or ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through, through water by the word of God, and that by means of, the, of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. So he's even saying that mankind often overlooks the, the things that are clearly told us in scripture about the flood that destroyed the world. Yeah. So that, that's second Peter three. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Four through six. Yeah. It's, so it seems like it's telling me there is that people deliberately choose not to believe the biblical text, but are, mm. are choosing even from looking around creation to go a different way than, than what the biblical text has told them. Sure. So in, in a, that makes sense. I mean, we know people actually do that. And so, well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what drove, you know, probably enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. It was reason. And yeah. And it was kind of like the supernatural can't. Yeah. We have to remove the supernatural as a, yeah. a reason for something happening. So what's the, a natural reason for it? Yeah. I wanted to show you something else. This next, mm-hmm. this next picture is a rock fold. And in my mind, a rock fold, there's gotta be, you know, if it's uniformitarianism, if, if things were laid down by the wind or by water and then continued, you wouldn't have these kind of, you wouldn't think you'd have these kind of formations. 
this is more of something that, that like the crust of the earth. Um, like a violent kind yeah, of a folding kind of and, 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 and if those were if those were solid rocks, they would have split rather than create a fold like that. So it seems like to me that that's at least hinting at that there was a time when these rock rock formations were more malleable and can be mm. uh, moved and not break. And so that's that's why you get these rock folds where so it seems like to me that's even hinting at that there was some kind of a catastrophe or something, even after the 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 water or silt had laid down mm. uh, levels of rock, or not, at that point it'd be just silt, mm-hmm. that then before it's hardened, you get these kind of things. That's interesting. So it seems like you got some evidence that is suggesting more of like a flood than than a, a another kind of creation right. of it. Yeah. So... So that's why I, I think we have to look at all the evidence, and 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 nobody's going to know everything. So we, of course, we right. look at them much as we can, yeah. and try to think: Have we got a, a reasonable understanding of mm-hmm. how this earth was created? Yeah. And it seems like to me the biblical text has gone out of its way to try to explain that to mm. us. Okay. So that's good. <laughs> you ready for my next question? Okay. This is a little more philosophical. Okay. Uh, doesn't aged or an appearance of an aged okay. universe, um, or as you said last week, a working yeah. universe, does that imply God could be deceptive? Yeah. Let's go back to this picture. Okay, we're back to the Grand Canyon. God never told us how he made that, or or at least you know doesn't specifically spell out how he made the Grand Canyon. But So we are making dis- decisions on how it came about. Hmm. Um, so... So is our choice of how we choose to explain it deceptive on God's part? And I would argue, well, why would we think that? He's given us a world to look at. We can make our choices. Can we, we can read the Bible and hear about floods and things like that that could allow for something like this. Or we could make up our own reasons that on how it got here. It would seem like to me that that's not God being deceptive. That's just given us the evidence and we're doing making our own choices on what to believe and what not to believe. Our own like assumptions and yeah. understandings. Yeah. So so that's how I see it. I don't see God as defective or as deceptive, deceptive. But I have over time reworded how I explain it. Now I talk about a working universe. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I say that is because it gets away from that idea of appearance of age and 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 it talks about, well here's if if God's going to create a world, why create a world that still needed time before it was even a wor- uh, even working? Hmm. And, and when Adam looked up at the stars, did he see the lights in the sky or didn't he? And right. I argue, yeah, that yeah. that he would have that God would have had to already make those light rays coming so that he didn't have to wait three and a half years for the nearest light of the star to get there. Right. So if that's true. Every, it would seem like to me that if there is a creation, even if it's at a point of time, that would demand that that it that it it looks like it had appearance of age, mm-hmm. like like Adam is created as a man, not as a baby. Okay. So, yeah. So, so automatically, you've got the picture here of 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 what looks like age, mm-hmm. but it isn't. It's it yeah. was he created immediately. Yeah. So it seems like to me this appearance of age is kind of a deceptive thing. Yeah. And it seems uh, silly for me to think that God created a world that wasn't working yet. Yeah. You know, because the whole purpose of what he's doing is to put man on it and get it working and stuff like that. So it would seem like 
that becomes almost crucial yeah. on, on how we deal with it. And you would have come from a saying appearance of aged rather than aged. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but but I even am a little hesitant to even call it appearance of age because yeah, right, right. In, well, that's the shift you've made kind yeah, of towards working. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So does that make sense? I it, think so, yeah. And and so I don't see God as being deceptive because because yeah. we're making choices at what to believe. Mm-hmm. And so if we're doing that, then it's not God's deceive, deceiving us. We're choosing what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. Okay. So that's how I see it. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's good. Next question. Okay. Um, has to do with Adam. Um, yeah. Which the word in Hebrew, in the I, I so you tell me this actually. Okay. Let me make sure I'm. This okay. isn't just a dumb question. <laughs> But it could mean man. Yes. Um, but it, it also can be like a proper noun or like a name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question is what's going on with that? Like, can we yeah. definitively say this is being used as a, as a name or it's kind of a metaphorical, you know, this represents man? I've seen that kind yeah. of theory that like when God created yeah. Adam, he created mankind in yeah. a general kind of sense. Um, or is there something. A layer of meanings in here, like maybe there's multiple. Yeah, you know, I was an English major, yeah, so yeah. like I'm always looking for that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but you'd see it like in Shakespeare, where it would play on words, mm-hmm. and you know, you would it, it has a meaning for the plot, a specific word, but it also has a meaning for the audience yeah. in that specific time. They know, okay, like in the plot, this is happening, but yeah. Shakespeare actually just made a joke about the king. Yeah, but it's hidden. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. So there's kind of you know there's a play on words I guess in there. So yeah. that, that'd be my question because you walk us through. Yeah, Adam. It's really it's hard because if you're translating, it's hard to know is he calling him a name, a proper yeah. name, Adam, or is he actually just saying man? You know, and and, yeah. and it would seem like to me that at least initially uh, he used the word Adam or man and Isha. You know, and even at the one time mm. Isha and Isha, man and and uh, woman. Mm. I'm thinking, like, is there other examples of this? Like, like we we have words that mean bird, mm. but then also we have specific birds. Okay, so like a category change. Yeah. So a shark I, is a fish. Yeah. But a fish isn't a shark, kind of. Okay. <laughs> is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Something so, like that? So you can have nuances of words that could be in one place mean one thing, in another place mean something else. Okay. So I think you'd have to figure figure out from context, hmm. is this him talking about a proper name for him or just the general category for him? Yeah. And, and it's really, I think context might help you. You may not know all the time. And maybe hmm. in that sense, it's kind of a little play on words in that it's doing both. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. You know, so I think it, it, the, the one place where you know there's a play on words is when he uses ish for man and isha for woman, mm. you know, because th- it's intended to show the connection between them. Remember, that's yeah. when he makes the uh, yeah, yeah. Eve out of the rib and then says, ah, this is now woman because right. she's taken from man. Right. So there is definitely yeah. a play on words there. Yeah. If this one is a play on words, it's a lot more subtle and hard to mm. ne- necessarily figure out. Okay. Yeah. In, uh, would you say... Oh, I mean, just tell me this. Like, I mean, there's we know in in the Old Testament specifically, a lot of names have yeah. a meaning. Yes, and yeah. that that is used. It could be a person's real name, but it's also used to describe something. Like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, in my Esau mind, I'm going to like Hosea, yeah, or yeah. Isaiah, as yeah, we've yeah. talked about. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but like you know, Hosea, it's like he names his kids. Yeah, it's Not directly. My people or... yeah, 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 yeah. So it's directly related to the yeah. 
the prophecy really, you know. Uh-huh. Um, if this is it, it's a lot more subtle, and we okay. wouldn't know it, but because there are sometimes... The Hosea one's a really good example, because he clearly says, you will be called my people I'm, or not yeah. my people. You know, yeah. It's really clear that he's playing it's on the It's explained in the text. Yeah. Yeah. And here, it's not you really that way. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and we have one more, one okay. more question. And uh, yeah, what do you think the difference... Like, what difference does it make... To think about a 24-hour day, yeah, that's the creation period or a set of creation periods of 24 hours, or is it more of a geological age? What are the implications of that? Yeah. Well, I think let's first start with how did God explain it to us? Because it, okay. it seems like to me, if you're looking at the biblical text and it says there was an evening and a morning, day one, it seems like any normal reader back at that time would have thought it's a 24-hour day. Mm-hmm. So, so then the, the issue becomes, okay, if it's not that, what difference does it make? Um, it would seem like to me that it, you still, at, the, at some point, you've got to go back to what did the author think it meant? And that's where the, it seems like to me the authoritative part of the, the meaning is, is what did the author think? Okay. And now there are some... There are some. Uh, this is going to get us into a, a, a bigger conversation, but I think yeah. it's it's probably important. Um, if you look at Genesis uh, verse six, it talks about an expanse. It's called the rakia. It's the firmament or whatever. Oh. Sometimes it's okay. called that. Yeah. Um, mine calls it expanse. Um, that word seems to come from a, a a root that means to hammer out rakata, hammer out. Okay, that would suggest that the the expanse is something hard that is protecting the mm-hmm. world, you know, from, I, I don't know, whatever yeah. is protecting it from. Yeah. But we know that the rakia, that firmament, is not hard because we send rockets up and it goes right through it and d- they don't bounce off, so we yeah. know it's not that. So what was the author getting at when he used that word rakia to, to explain that word expanse or ferment or whatever yeah. he's calling. And it would seem like to me he's and he's, he's understanding it as how it functions, not its form. Okay. And if that's true, then the biblical text, we need to understand it more, that it's not a science book telling us how things were made necessarily, Yeah. but it's more how they function. So when it talks about um, them hammering, you know, God mm-hmm. creating that firmament and hammering it out, you know, almost from the logic of the root. Um, does that mean that it's it's hard or is that something that it functions like a layer? And we know that the, the, the atmosphere that we have around our earth actually functions as a protective barrier because okay. we know that radiation right. bounces off it and is reflected. So we don't get as much radiation because of that, that barrier that's mm-hmm. put in. So I think if we think about some of the things in the biblical text that it's not necessarily telling us exactly how it was formed or what it was, its consistency, it's more telling us how it functions. So when it says, and there was light, okay, and the, the, it got separated the light from the darkness. Right. My guess is he's, he's not only telling us that there was light, but he's also telling us how it's going to function because later on it's going to shine on the earth and it's going to be for mm. the plants and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. To, yeah. to help them create. So it's functioning as a light that actually is going to do stuff on the earth. Yeah. 
Um, and then when he says, and the whole earth that he created, and it was good, I think part of what it means, it's functioning in the way that I intended it to function. Okay. So I think that's also what it's getting at. So I think there is going to be times when we need to be careful that when we read the biblical text, it's not telling us like like the structure that it's creating. It's telling us how it's it's what it's doing and how it's working. And so I think that so that might help us in some of the explanations of like that, at least on that word rakia, it does seem yeah. like it helps us understand that. Well, and that's yeah, that I think that's a good explanation because what I was about to kind of follow up with you is like about was like that first question of like, you know, modern cosmology yeah. impacting our interpretation. Because I think on a service level you could definitely make an argument that like yeah. The author wasn't thinking in a modern yeah. cosmology at all, right? You know, is he? Had, I mean, one of the things I remember uh, in my Old Testament class going over was like, y- you know, unpack a little bit in your head in Genesis one. What most modern Western readers imagine is like the epic, like a movie, like yeah. you're looking at Interstellar and you're kind of imagining yeah. the stars, outer space, and then like a planet being formed. Yeah, that's not how the author would have thought of it. Yeah. That's not a concept they would have had. You know, yeah. it was probably more, I'm on the ground looking around, you know, I'm kind of showing an experience of what it would be like to see creation yeah. as a person viewing it, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. rather than this kind of like, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it, this epic, <laughs> you know, pulled out shot of seeing the whole universe, you know, and the galaxy spinning and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. But um, I, I, it's interesting you're saying it maybe has to do more with, function yeah and that that kind of maybe there's still a, a fit in there yeah now it, even when i say that that doesn't mean that we can abandon what it's saying there, yeah because right, it still seems like this is how he told us yeah happen it but on on those things it, it's not intended to be a science book it's not yeah tell us exactly how everything was what their structure was and all that but so we have to look at the biblical text and see, okay, what was the purpose for it? Yeah. How and that I guess that probably goes back to that um, understanding: is God deceptive or not? I would say, well, no, because sure. once again, He told us how He, you know, at least what appears to be how He did it. Now we've got to look at it and say, okay, how is the biblical text trying to tell us how this is working and how is how yeah. does how does what's the purpose for this? And I think at the end of the day, we got to say. Well, definitely the purpose is to give us some understanding of how he made creation. It's not a textbook, but it is a understanding of of how he did it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is yeah. like maybe this would be a good last question. It's like yeah. what what do we learn about this? What do you think yeah. the author was trying to tell us? So that's yeah. that's one thing. Is there anything else you think maybe? Well, it, is it telling us about God? Yeah, character I, or something? Or well, I think if, first of all, if if it doesn't tell us anything, it tells us God is the creator of the the mm. universe, okay. right? Yeah. And that he's a powerful, creative God that can make this kind of a world. Yeah. And he's got a purpose for it. I think all of those things are kind of tied up in, mm. well, why did he make it the way he did? And why at the end of it does he say, oh, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Oh, now it's very good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I understand Tove to mean that's suitable. That's, that's exactly what I needed yeah. for the plan that I have. Yeah. So I think that's more of the purpose for why it is. But I also think it's a describing, in one sense, how he did it. Yeah. So I do, I do think, yes, this is the information. Because he, he could have told us a variety of different ways he did it. Yeah. But he gave us this one. And so I guess this is the best one to explain how he did it, is how I would understand it. Okay. 
Yeah. That's good. I like that. Well, that's all the questions I have. Oh. Unless you have some questions for yourself. Uh, well, I don't have any questions for me. <laughs> I wanted to go back. Oh, okay. What, finish this one. Yeah. What okay. difference does it make? Yeah. And okay. it would seem like it was given for a reason. So we need to figure out why is it re- here? And, and it seems Creation. Like, why is creation yeah, there? Okay. Wh- why is this story about creation there? How oh, he did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from looking at it, it certainly appears this is, this is actually how he did it. And so if it's not that way, then it would seem like that would be more deceptive mm. than if you went the other way and said, oh, well, that's what it says it is. But this is how he really did it. Well, right. in my mind, that then, then you've got a story here that really is not how he did it. And, and it would seem like me that goes back more to the deceptiveness of God because he told us this way, but he really did it this way. Right Now, it, there might be some flexibility in there in that he might have told us this way, but we wouldn't have understood it, so he had to explain it this way. But it still sure. seems like to me there's the logic of what he was doing here for us to understand. Metaphors aren't deceptive yeah. necessarily yeah. or illustrations, you know. That's true. And you can't say every detail of every event. Yeah. Whenever we share a story, we, yeah. you know. And, and we know God didn't go into great detail as, and, and explaining how the atoms were made and all that. Yeah. He gave us a general picture of how he did it. Yeah. And then... And said know, it was good. Yeah. That's and, an important part of it. And allows us yeah. then to understand, well, this is what he did. Yeah. I think. Okay. That's great. That, yeah. This was a set of great answers. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. I think this is a good This is a good format to have. I think it's a good way to follow up what we yeah. did last time. Yeah. Know? So yeah. do you have any ideas for what we're going to do next time? Well, I still think I'd like to go into that image of God and oh, what yeah. it is. I forgot and, about that. And talk about that. I knew that. that. I just wanted you to yeah. <laughs> tell us again. <laughs> there we go. Image of God. Okay. So that's what we can look forward to next episode. Yeah. Image of God. And then we'll have, a, again, another follow-up with that. Okay. We'll have a batch of questions, and we'll, we'll get through it. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.